Hi, it's Michael, the host of Impact Hustlers. And before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you get any value out of the episode today, please consider sharing it with a friend who would benefit from it. Or leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. We're an independent podcast and are investing a lot of time and effort in publishing inspiring new episodes every week. We can only do this because of people who support us. And now there is an easy way to do so. You can give us a small tip or a regular donation to make sure we can keep going. Every penny is invested into making the podcast even bigger and better. And you can do so on buymeacoffee.com slash impact hustlers buymeacoffee.com slash impact hustlers thanks very much for your support thanks for listening and let's get into the show impact hustlers the podcast on entrepreneurs and change makers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems impact hustlers is brought to you by fast forward 2030 and real changers visit fastforward.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact and this is your host michael shafrat In today's episode, I talked to Joe Hand, the founder of Geeky, a platform that helps people buy more sustainable products. Using the app, you can scan products in the supermarket and immediately see their carbon footprint, where they were sourced, social standards in the production process, and many more factors. The platform now rates more than a quarter million supermarket products, and it's very great to have you on the show, Joe. Hi there. Thank you for inviting me. It's good to be here. Thanks very much for joining. Describe the problem that you're trying to solve with this, because it seems like you're solving a bunch of problems. Yeah, um, I think that's right. So I'd say the big problem is the preservation of our planet. That's what sits at the heart of our motivation and why we're doing what we're doing. But when you kind of dig a bit deeper and you peel back the layers of the onions, there are obviously many different ways to solve that problem, a multitude of different ways, luckily, and lots of people are doing lots of different things. But we wanted to help people behave in a way that's sustainable if they wanted to, because currently there's a big disconnect between what people want to do and what they actually can do. So for example, when you ask people, do you want to buy products that are not damaging to the environment? The vast majority are going to say, we don't want to buy products that damage the environment. But probably a minority of us actually achieve that because when we buy products and services, we usually have no idea what impact they're having on ourselves, on the environment and on others, in fact. So there've been kind of glimpses through news stories and much increased awareness around these issues that what we buy can have a negative impact, you know, around fast fashion. We've seen quite a lot of that around palm oil recently. People have been more concerned about the connection with unsustainable palm oil and deforestation. Often there's an awareness, but actually it's very difficult to translate that awareness and concern into how you actually behave because the information just isn't there. So we want to make it easy for people to consume sustainably. That in a nutshell is what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And how does it actually work? You pick up an app mm -hmm. and you actually scan products in the supermarket, is that right? Exactly. So we've built this massive database, which I can talk about in a bit more detail, but it's all delivered at the moment via an app. So you have your phone in your hand. Interestingly, people actually use it more at home than in the supermarket, but you can use it at home or in the supermarket. 
you can scan a barcode or you can search for a product and then up pops the number of badges that that product gets. And we rate products against up to 13 different indicators across environmental issues, health issues and ethical issues. And the number of badges that it is awarded will depend on how it performs. Basically, the more badges, the better. And then you can dig deeper into, you know, why does it have a low carbon footprint? Why does it contain chemicals of concern, for example? Does it contain palm oil? Is it sustainable? And we really wanted to make it really easy for people to look quickly and understand quickly. So we've tried to make the interface on the app as clear as possible. But then if you want to delve deeper, you can. Mm -hmm. How is it to uncover that data as a company? I suspect like a lot of times you hear, for example, in the fashion space that even the fashion companies themselves don't know where their products come from, right? Yeah. So like, how easy is this for you to find this information yeah. and how do you make sure that it's accurate? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, that was our first big challenge when we first came up with the idea. Does the data exist to actually do what we want to do? And we had no idea whether it did. So we spent probably about six months looking at a whole range of data sets and broader research. And we decided that we did have enough information around food and drink and supermarket products. So that's where we started. And we use a combination of different data sources. So we use on-pack information, which is obviously regulated. So is as accurate as you can expect any data set to be. We use government guidelines so around nutrition levels, that kind of thing. We use a lot of academic research and scientific research, and all of that gets pulled into our database that then crunches all that data, algorithmically scores it, and assesses whether a product should get a badge or not. Mm. Obviously, there's all a bunch of labels and certifications, mm. and you can probably spot organic products by now pretty well. Why aren't those labels and certifications good enough? Or um, I think you might even bring it to the next level in terms of the labels, because you do have labels within the app, the stickers. Yeah. But how do you think about that? So we do use a lot of the certifications as indicators. and We don't use all of them because, you know, some have varying degrees of rigor. So for us to use a certification, it needs to be a third party certification. It needs to be transparent. It needs to be robust and it needs to be recognizable by the general public. So, for example, for the organic indicator, which is one of the simpler ones, we would use Soil Association, EU organic labeling or the U.S. Department of Agriculture also has an equivalent. So we use them as an indicator to show that the product is organic. That's one of the simpler badges. And wherever we can, we use other people's expertise because people have been doing this for years and we don't want to reinvent the wheel. But in areas where the work hasn't been done at product level or connecting the information to a particular product, that's when we have to draw in all sorts of different sources of data to then mm -hmm. assess whether or not a product has a low carbon footprint, for example. Mm -hmm. How about behavior change? So your customers, are they very used to checking where the products come from? Or do you have to teach people to hey, why don't you check this before you actually buy the product? Yeah, that is a good question that we're all at different stages and levels of understanding. And I found personally that my levels of understanding have obviously massively increased since we started Geeky. And I think that's normal. You know, you get interested initially and it's a very, it's not necessarily slow, but it's a gradual process when you start to change your behavior. It doesn't just happen overnight. You might have an overnight moment that changes your thinking that makes you want to then change your behavior, but generally behavior changes is gradual. So some people would just use the app to 
begin to be a bit more mindful about what they're buying. And then other people at the other end of the spectrum would use it to double check what they think they already know, or some people use it to teach their children about sustainability issues because it's pretty easy to use. And kids seems to be surprisingly, although this wasn't at all what we planned, but kids seem to really like it. I get sometimes occupy my kids with it in the supermarket and that helps us get around more and more in you know, greater mm. harmony. So I think there are a range of different ways that people use it. Often it's a scan at home. Yeah, great. I feel good about this product. This performs well or Mm-mm, this one doesn't do so well. I'm not buying this one again. I'll mm. choose one of the alternatives that scores better. Mm. You said kids like it, surprisingly. Is there like a storytelling element to it as well? Or to kind of say, okay, this food doesn't come from the shelf, but it actually was produced by somebody. Is there like, I don't know, do you do something like that already that you actually show, okay, these were the farmers that... Yeah, we don't do that, but we have started doing some work with schools and with teachers and people who work with kids because there was quite a lot of requests from people within our community to help them in various different ways talk to children about environmental issues. And quite a few of our uh, community are actually using tools that we've created or using the app or using tools that they've created themselves to go out and talk to children about palm oil. And we're actually, that's something that we're going to do much more of because if we can provide simple to use tools to people who want to go and educate around it, environmental issues and greats, you know, because the world, it's wonderful. I mean, one of the many things that has been great about launching Geeky is that I keep meeting individuals who just want to encourage other people to understand environmental issues and do something about it. And we really all can do something about it. And I think often people can feel disempowered or, you know, particularly around issues like climate change, like what on earth can I do to solve that? And The youth movements and individual actions trying to help other people in the community understand what the issues are, are really powerful and people do change their behavior. So mm. we're seeing more and more of that. You see that? Great. What's the business model behind it? Yeah. I assume you're, from what I've seen in the app, you don't pay obviously yeah. for the app. Um, so how do you monetize this? Do you plan to have this as a billion pound business or what's the vision there? Yeah. So a starting point for setting Get up Geeky was very much the social element. And we're a social enterprise and that really sits at the core of everything we do. But clearly we're a business and we need to you know, make it a sustainable business. So initially up until now, we've actually been funded entirely through grants and philanthropy and through social impact investment. Over time, we believe that data has significant value actually across many different user bases. We always want to keep the app free because we don't want there to be any barrier to entry in terms of usage. But we think that the data and the analysis has the potential to be very useful to all sorts of different organizations using it in multiple ways. Mm. Who else has this type of data? I couldn't imagine like many places that would have this type of data, probably parts of it, yeah. like the organic labels, etc. But yeah. would anybody have this vast amount of data? No, we haven't found any other organization in the world, actually, that does this type of analysis at product level. So there's quite a lot of company level environmental and social and governance analysis. And the investment community have been doing that for some years. But in terms of actually connecting those issues at product level, we haven't found anybody else who's done that in the way that we've done it. All right. Amazing. Talk us through a bit of some of the insights you can get from that data. So besides the badges, what else can we learn from what you already know? 
Yeah, I mean, that has been really fascinating that the app is kind of front window, really, of the data. But behind the app, there are tens of millions of data points and dozens of algorithms that can pull out all sorts of different pieces of information. So we can look, for example, at a particular company and what percentage of their products are healthier options. We can connect a product with its parent company to better understand whether or not that product contains sustainable palm oil, which sounds simple. But actually, when you have a product in your hand, often it's really hard to tell who actually owns it. You might see the brand name, but that's often not the owner. And so we've managed to connect the product in your hand with the parent company, which then enables us to assess whether or not the palm oil in that product is sustainable or not. And we're also able to look across whole supermarket aisles in terms of trends, you know, what proportion of the products are healthy, what proportion have additives in. And we can also rank and assess companies across all the different indicators that we do. So yeah, mm. it's really fascinating mm. and it's loads and loads of stuff that we can pull out. And some of it's uh, like, oh, goodness me, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's, that's exciting. Is yeah. there an interest from food brands to actually work with you in terms of that must be data even that they might be interested in, right? Yeah, I certainly think potentially there is. I mean, at this stage, our focus has really been on making sure that we have data that's relevant to consumers because they're our core user base at this stage. And I think we'll always sit at the core of everything that we do because we set up to serve us as individuals, really. But I definitely think for companies, the potential to benchmark against competitors, see how they rate across a whole range of different indicators. So for example, if a brand was wanting to see how healthy their products were compared to some of their competitors, that's kind of information we could easily pull out. And I think there's a huge amount of scope in terms of helping companies better understand how their products sit against peers. Because most analysis that exists is company or at brand level. It's quite unusual to find it at product level, mm -hmm. particularly around the ESG issues or the environmental social governance issues. Mm -hmm. So where are you in terms of your journey? You're live in the UK now, I guess. Are you yes. live in other countries as well? Where can people use you? How many people roughly use it already? Yeah. So we launched the app in May of 2018 on iPhone, and then we launched the Android version in October last year. We've got just under 10,000 users. It's available in the UK at the moment. We do get lots of requests from all sorts of weird and wonderful corners of the world. And we would really like to expand it in the future to other countries, whether that would be an app form or via a website, you know, to be decided. But I think that's, yeah, that would be something that we would really like to do in the future. Yeah, currently it's UK focused and we really wanted to get the model working right here and the technology working right here. And we have built the technology such that we can scale it globally. But at the moment, we're making we're sure here. everything works in the UK. Yeah. Perfect. What's been the biggest challenge through that journey? You've been on it a few years mm. now. What's been the biggest challenge or biggest learning that you've got from that? That's an interesting question. There's been many challenges, as you can imagine, as anyone who's ever been involved with a startup would know. I think our first challenge was, is this even possible? Is the data available? And can we draw any meaningful, useful conclusions from it? So that was definitely our first challenge. And it took us about six months to answer yes to that question. The next challenge, bear in mind that neither me or my husband, who I set Geeky up with, are techies, was can we build the technology? You know, can we actually deliver this information in a way that's usable and that people will want to use? So we found these great guys by one of those kind of strange coincidences of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. We were introduced to these guys in Bristol called Simpleweb, who have been great in helping us develop all the technology. 
And we had this beta version of the app, which is like the first test version. Probably that was towards the end of 2017. And when we first had it in our hands, it was like, oh my goodness, this thing actually works. You know, you can scan the barcode and it actually does work. And that was certainly one of the biggest barriers we felt that we had to get over to start with. Because, you know, obviously, clearly, if it doesn't work, we're going nowhere. And then there were various iterations of that, some of them quite hairy. And then the launch in May was like, well, now is anybody actually going to use it? You know, how are we going to get it out there? And quite a lot of the advice that we'd had from people we'd talked to along the way was, oh, yeah, the build's easy. You know, it's getting people to use it. That's the hard bit. And yeah, it's hard to be heard in a very noisy world. And we were really fortunate that we got some really good media coverage at the beginning in some of the well the times and the evening standard and mail online and that was great for getting it out there and and also beginning to give us credibility and for us as well as individuals thinking gosh it's not just us who love this there are other people who really like it as well because you always think goodness you know is anybody else going to feel the way the same way as we do about it especially um, when you're starting out and you have zero users and then maybe next day you have one user exactly <laughs> and it might stay like this for a while right yeah. until the tens of thousands are coming right? yeah. it doesn't happen overnight no it doesn't you know no one's an overnight success You always hear stories from of people who started startups. Yeah, I was an overnight success after 20 years of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people that are starting out just maybe in the first year of their 20 years of hard work mm. and that are interested in the space that you're in, let's say, broadly speaking, food, sustainability, do you come across problems, other problems that are unsolved in that space that you're not really solving at the moment because you need to focus on what you're doing? Is there... Yeah, I think transparency in the supply chain, there's still loads of work to be done there because they're very complex. And as you mentioned about the clothing industry, you know, often the companies themselves don't have transparency. I think clothing is particularly challenging, but I think there'll come a time when there is full transparency in the supply chain, but we're not there yet. And I think there are a lot of opportunities there because once you know what happens at every stage and what's going in and what's coming out, as it were, then you're in a position to make a fully informed, 100% clear decision. And we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. With that, we're not there yet. Let's talk about the next 10 years. What's the type of world you're trying to create with Geeky? And if you're successful, how will the work look like in 10 years? So when we first came up with the idea, we were talking about, you know, what are we trying to actually achieve? What's our aim? And I said flippantly to James, my husband, well, every product and service in the world should be sustainable. That's the only way that in the long term, or that's certainly a very good way in the long term for us to be sure that the planet will continue to function in the way that it currently does. And we you know, thought, well, goodness me, you know, we'll probably be dead a long time before that happens. But I think that is what would be a fantastic scenario. And, you know, we're a long way from that, but there are companies who are creating products and services that do have a minimal impact and actually have a lot of benefits. And it is possible to do. And I think there's increased demand for that from us as individuals and from citizens, but it's connecting those two within the complex world that we live in, that we still have quite a long way to go on that. Perfect. For anybody that's now wanting to try it out, where can they try it out? And Yeah, so you download the app either on the App Store or on Google Play. It's called Geeky Badges. It's free and yeah, enjoy it. Go and scan around your cupboards and see what you find because it's certainly sprung a few surprises on us when we first started checking. Perfect. Thanks very much for joining me today and all the best for the journey and the years ahead with it. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. 
This was Impact Hustlers. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share the episode, leave us a review and consider becoming a supporter on buymeacoffee.com slash impact hustlers. This means a lot to me. Thank you very much for tuning in and see you next time. Bye.